Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. Everybody and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith and Tommy, and we're back like we always are. Did you think we weren't going to be here? Is that what you thought? Did you think the last episode was the last episode? Forget it. We're here, and on tonight's show, the one, the only, Pat Troxel of Lovelorn. Tommy, we haven't spoken to Pat since I think episode twelve of the podcast. That feels like decades ago. It does feel like forever. I actually was looking back at that episode the other day and I was like, oh shit. Like I remember some of the talking points like moving to the Ewok village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crazy shit that I'm going, oh my God, that really does feel like an eternity ago. It feels like we had that conversation three to five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Time is off its axis since this whole pandemic thing started. I can't remember life before it. And time may never feel the same again. We never know. Or maybe it's just going to take time to heal. I guess uh, I guess we're going to find out. But listen, we spoke to Pat. It was another home run conversation. And you're going to enjoy it. He's a real dude. Like, he's a, like you get nothing out of Pat, but just brutal truth. I, I fucking love that about him. He will not come on here and be like, well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. He'll be like, whose toes are here? I'm fucking stomping on them. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, Pat is the best with shit. Yeah, he, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's the real deal. There's no filter. Mm-mm. He's like, what you see is what you get, and he just doesn't give a fuck. He just, he just tells it how it is, and he doesn't bend or break for anyone, and I really admire people like that. Yeah, so it was a great conversation. You're going to hear that in a few minutes. But, Tommy, now you've got a big trip planned for tomorrow. You're going to the shore with your family, yes? Yes, sir. Which shore? Uh, sea Isle City, New Jersey. I see. Yeah. And uh, so, so you're going to be going down there. You're going to be listening to The Promise Rings, Nothing Feels Good, as yes. is the tradition, yes? So I've added something else to that list, um, just because I feel like it it fits the mood really well. All um, those failed, uh, this never happened? No, I'm just kidding. Good, no, good enough for the girls we roll with. We play the first three <laughs> tracks. <laughs> no, um, I actually added it. I put it on my iPod. Uh, I, I added the Texas is the reason promise ring split. Ooh. Uh, because that reminds me of spending uh, time down the... Down the shore with Anthony and skateboarding and having good times and enjoying ourselves. So that was see. I'm I'm jealous. Last time I was in the car with somebody, I put on the Texas is the reason discography, and before it finished, I was asked to turn it off. Really? Yeah. 
there's I, oh, see that's my thing is like i could play that in, you know my sister's like a big like um mid 90s uh alternative kind of person mm-hmm. if i put that on in front of her she would not know it but she would be like i love this this is really good like it's inoffensive yeah that's what i thought that's what i thought but uh i guess not everyone agrees but i think that's great that you can travel with your family and listen to that music and everyone seems to be okay with it or not only seems to be okay with it but even enjoy it yeah they really do um i I feel so bad i don't know the names of a lot of the songs because we just listened to the whole album yeah Um, i don't know the names of any songs after cds went away and i don't want to sing it because i'm a terrible singer (laughs) but the words are makes me an old chevy do you know that one that's got to be promise ring right it is promise ring it's it's and it's on nothing feels good yeah you know i i don't know promise ring like down to lyrics oh okay so there's texas uh, is the reason you can name like one word and i know the song but jack with one on (laughs) oh yeah i actually don't know a lot of the words to the promise ring songs i I make them up as i go along like yes i i I sing what i think is being said but there's very few albums i sing along to that is one of them that is one of those albums i will i will sing along to that i will also sing along to uh at the drive-ins in casino out i don't know the words to that either <laughs> which makes it horribly entertaining for anyone that really does know the words but yeah just make them up as i go along yeah for at the drive-in you kind of have to i don't know any promise ring lyrics so what does he say like nothing feels good like you in red and blue jeans in your night and white hat or something night and what night and wh- it sounds like he says night and white things i'm just making up shit yeah and it's like there's a lot of that record that I just have a very like, you know, like when you hear a record and you can picture yourself somewhere, you can smell the same smells like yes. you can hear that. I literally remember listening to that record uh, with Anthony eating just cheese pizza like Mac and Manco's pizza and eating Johnson's popcorn, watching the World Cup with his brothers on the couch and his mother just screaming at all of us. <laughs> it was it was it was quite a sight to behold, but at the same time, it was really fun to be a part of that because, uh, especially being down there with them, like it's such a part of their tradition of going back and forth of like to the shore. Um, we stopped we stopped at the uh, the White House. Uh, the White House. You know, White House subs. Oh. Yeah. I thought you meant like the White House. Oh no, no. Like yeah, no, like, we Jesus. just took a de- we took a detour to DC and we were like, let's fucking go. No. Uh well Tommy, don't you think there's a bit of a difference between the White House and White and House White subs? House subs? Well <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess that's it. but I figured you, you We know, stopped like, at the White House. Oh, okay. Oh no, I mean White I, House subs. I should have said That's like we, being like, We're going to Nobu. Oh wait, no, I mean McDonald's. <laughs> no, I left the wrong article out. I should have said we stopped at White House, not the White House. You know, I guess the, that would be weird too. We stopped yeah. at White House. You yeah, know what? Like, it's it, it's okay. Yeah, none of that worked. <laughs> none of that worked out well. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I always I always think of uh, last time we went down the shore. We went down uh, in April for my birthday, and. I sent Keith a video of us crossing the bridge, <laughs> like in the sea isle and, you know, blasting promise ring. And 
it's funny because I always think of like, that's the record that reminds me so much of that. But I, I love the fact that I get to share that with Keith because it's like a very, it's like a very intimate, like family thing. Like we always play that record. Like when we get into New Jersey, like the girls, the girls are always like, we're in Camden. We crossed the bridge. And I'm like, yep. And they're like, put the record on, put it on, put that one on. Like, okay. See, I love that. That makes me want a family. Cause I, I look for that kind of stuff and, uh, it sounds really neat. Uh yeah. <laughs> All right. But I, I in, actually... in more important news, yes, Tommy got to go on a big Costco trip. Yeah, dude. And we did talk about it. This is no joke. This isn't like show shtick. Tommy is really into going to Costco. Like for real. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have the dress shirts I wanted. Oh my god! Yeah, he, yo, he texts me. He's like, <laughs> I need to get this, and I need to get this, and he's like, and I want to get a new dress shirt. I was like, dude, and I was about to like launch into a whole thing about like making fun of him about buying a dress shirt at Costco, but like, I don't, you know, I just buy I just buy my dress shirts at Macy's. So I was like, you know, it's not like I'm some big fancy person or something. So if he wants to get a dress shirt at Costco, let him do it. Can I tell you the big part about those shirts? Yeah, they're made out of the same material that Under Armour is made out of. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, you, like, are you a gym teacher or something no but it's like that's the nice part is like uh the classroom i teach in is on the corner of the building so i have six gigantic windows that yeah. face my room like that are in my room and it gets re- it gets really really hot in my room but uh i i wear a shirt I, I wear a dress shirt every day to work uh i stopped wearing a tie about two years ago maybe three years ago now but um I, I like to dress up at least somewhat nice and like wear, you know, a collared shirt. And uh, in my head, I'm going like I've ruined a, a fair amount of uh, I, I mentioned my affinity for polo on here. I, I love polo stuff, but I, I've ruined their shirts like the collars are ruined. Um, my haircut or lack thereof uh, is detrimental to the collar. Like I destroy collars because my head is shaved. So I just ruin the necks on shirts. So I was like, this is a great compromise. But my mom got me a shirt and she was like, here, I got you one at Costco. It's great. And I loved it. And I love the way it looked. I love the pattern on it. Wait, your mom still buys you clothes? Oh my God. Yeah. Every Christmas I get clothes from my mother. I tell my parents not to, but you know, I'm particular with clothing. We're close to the 12 minute mark, so I need you to ask me how I'm doing before I self-destruct. Oh, Keith. Yes. How's everything going? <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. I asked you how you were doing before we got on the air. So, yeah, you we go through this every week like we get on and we're getting set up and then I'm like like Tommy, I guess I have to be more specific because I'm like, how's it going? But Tommy like actually tells me how it's going as if we're on the show. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't have an on air persona yet. (laughs) Ah, I just, I I just, I gotta, I gotta show you the ropes, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not good at the like, uh, ins and outs of like, oh, this is what I sound like on the air or this is recording or not recording. You get the same thing. (laughs) It's, yeah no it i get what you're saying like for me i'm always thinking strategically and energy wise because i don't know how you feel but i get so nervous before every show and i'm like tense so sometimes that's why i'm a little bitey before we start so like 
it's like limited energy, you know what I mean? I have to harness the limited energy I have, so I'm like, I'm saving it all for when we hit record, and then I let it all go. And then uh, once we hit stop, I recharge. I looked Daryl Strawberry in the eyes. He said he's saving it for Game 7. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it's like that. So I'm like, you know, it does make our friendship weird, though, because then I'm like, oh, man, we can like only talk if we're recording. Yeah, I actually, that's the thing is I never drew a line. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's either on here or it's not, so. Well, we're well, going to get, we're going to get like a therapist. Blur the lines real quick. This is funny. I actually, I bought alcohol today, if you want to be what? real honest. Yeah. I bought a 12 pack of Newcastle Ale, which is my favorite beer. Well, actually my second favorite, my favorite is Guinness, like, but. Unless I'm at a bar and like drinking it from the tap, I don't I don't want it. But I bought a yeah. I bought a twelve pack of uh, Newcastle to take down the shore with me. I can't drink Newcastle anymore because there was this weekend where I was getting messed up with some others, and there was just a lot of consumption of different things, and just eating raw substances of certain kinds and Oof. some just some nasty stuff, and and I associate the taste of Newcastle. With that night where there was just far too much consumption, and I can never, I can never undo that association. Wait, I actually think I know this night. Was this the Army of Anyone night? Yes. Holy shit, dude! Holy yes. shit! Wow. You were there. Uh, I I was at the bar. <laughs> I oh. didn't have a I didn't have a ticket. Like, but I I hung out uh in the bar while you guys went in. Yeah. And then we only stayed for like three songs. Yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised when you walked back into where i was sitting still drinking at the bar <laughs> i was still there like i was like wait didn't you guys go to the concert like what happened yeah i don't really remember the show but you know i i wish i would have stayed because the singer of filter backed by stone temple pilots singing filter and stone temple pilot songs that sounds kind of okay you know i would I, like I, to see I, I honestly like i would like to see it now yeah, yeah, I, I, that was my M.O., though. I didn't care about this show. I just cared about getting high, and I would always leave or not even show up, and it was a whole thing. But listen, we're out of time. You're going to hear our conversation with Pat Troxel right now, and check back in after that to see how I'm doing. Enjoy. All right, folks, we're here now with Pat Troxel. Pat, welcome back to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me back. It's great to have you here. It's been a long time. You were in like one of the first 10 episodes, I think. That feels like a, a lifetime ago. Yeah, it was like, I think like two or three weeks after COVID broke and everything shut down was when the last time I talked to you guys was. Oh man, it's crazy. So speaking of crazy, you just had surgery. I did. What happened? Why did you have to have surgery? I've had like a, a knee issue ever since I was a kid, like from just, you know, just going too hard and jumping off stuff and being a crazy kid. I had torn my meniscus and um, I guess when I was like a teenager and I just went on with my life. And um, recently uh, I tore the other side. So when I went to get an MRI, they were like, oh, both of your meniscus are uh, bucketed and torn at the uh, same time and they were like oh we've never seen that before and i was like oh this is reassuring for like <laughs> surgery you know so i was just like oh sick uh so i'm like fucked up great so um meanwhile 
during that I was um, working still at a bar and like with one crutch, like a pirate, like hopping around and shit. Like it, <laughs> it was hilarious. And like, I, it didn't really hurt anymore because I've just destroyed those, that area so much, you know, over the years it was like, all right, well this just sucks. So like uh, I got my MRI and they, that's what they said. And then uh, I would, you know, luckily enough, I'm uh, currently living in Austin, Texas, and I have for like the last like six months. And mm-hmm. um, down here, they offer a healthcare program for musicians, and um, it's called HAM, and it's it's been around for a while now. And I had it years ago when I lived here, and they give you like dental and men- mental and all this stuff, and it's really great. And uh, HAM knocked down a twenty thousand dollar surgery to eight hundred dollars for me. So, oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So and my wife and I, like, we, as soon as we got here, we got signed up with Ham and we showed them, like, all of our band stuff and our tax payments and everything. Just like, hey, we're a functioning operation. And boom, we had Ham. And it, it was such, you know, luck that this was the time my knee finally went out. Cause, like, over the years, like, shit, man, there's, I can, I can't even tell you how many times it should have gone out. And uh, this time it finally did. But um, at the end of it all, I got lucky. I got like a two for one because like they couldn't tell from the MRI, but when they got in there and actually like opened up my knee, they figured out that my ACL was like, like torn away. You know what I mean? Like, like, like hanging on by a thread pretty much like, like either side of it was so shredded from working on it hard with no meniscus on the other side for all these years. So it was like literally about to go. So they just like stitched me up there. So I got ACL, and both sides of my miss is done in one shot. <laughs> That's crazy. So wait, dude. Yo, when they do your ACL like that, do they yeah. have to, they drill into the bone, right? And no, then they- see, that's the thing because it was still connected. There was enough connected that they could just stitch all the pieces back together onto the connected and hope that it bonds and like connects and whatnot. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, so that, that's perfect. So- yeah, so that's what's going on. So after it's all said and done, I should be pretty solid. Like, I won't really have many issues other than, like, I wouldn't be surprised if my other leg went out. <laughs> but, yeah, like, <laughs> like, that, that's about it, you know? Like, so it's it was uh, – it sucks, but, I mean, it, it really hasn't slowed me down one bit. Like, I actually played a show last week in, in, uh, in Houston with uh, another punk band I played drums in, and I was fine, you know? So what's the recovery time for all that? They said six weeks, you know, of of like six weeks of it being like you're not really on it. And then after that, it's like however you do your physical therapy. But I I started doing the stretches and everything like the next day. I was like still on oxys and like Vicodin. And I just like would rip a bong and be like, all right, let's do these fucking stretches. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, like, you know, it started hurting after they all ran out. And I was like, oh, shit. But like uh, now, you know, I can I can really I, I'm getting there. You know, what I mean, I can put weight on it. Like it's just uh, now it's just about getting it the legs straight. You know, and getting it used to being like straight because it's all tight. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. And the ACL part makes it feel like you have like the worst hamstring pull of all time, pretty much. Like that's like what my leg feels like. You know. So you got oxys and Vicodins? Well, no. In the hospital from the surgery, I had they gave me oxys right away, and then I was they gave me some when I left. So I was, dude, trust me, I was like sitting on my couch, like scratching myself like a crazy person, yeah. and like I, it was so shitty because my in laws had just come in to visit us for the week, and like that I just went to surgery that day. So I'm like, 
all crazy talking to them in my living room. Like, <laughs> like what's up? Like, yeah, so. uh, the fiend in me always has to ask what pills you got afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, that's when they just gave me Vicodins and that, that was my regular thing. But it was cool. I, 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 I spread them out. I wasn't like a crazy person. You know? Pat, can you get, can you get weed, uh, like, can you get legal weed down there or no? No, no, no that's legal funny. weed. But I mean, like, trust me, it's, it's not hard. Oh, it's of course not. Scary. I would. Yeah, I, I didn't. I that's not my 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 in my thinking. I'm like, all right. Well, it's Texas. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're not gonna let you just be like, oh, yeah, no, no. here's some no, weed. Yeah. Dude, they're still having issues with like letting women be in charge of their own bodies here. So I don't see them like letting me be able to smoke weed anytime soon. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's like it, it, it is a small fine to have it. It's just like how it was in Philly before it became completely fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's. It's not far behind, but you know, it, this city is also completely wild. So we'll see. I was going to say, yeah, because Philly went with that. Uh, they had that program for a while, that Sam program, the small yeah. amount of marijuana, and it was like <laughs> it was like ARD, but it was like getting like a a really low level DUI. Oh, dude, would, totally. And you would pay a fine, and you would go to classes, and then after they went to you, you I think it was the second offense. They were like finally like, all right, you have to go to a certain number of hours of these classes, and then mm-hmm. afterwards they were just like, yeah, n- never mind, we're just gonna, we're just yeah. Done with it. yeah. Like, <laughs> it, they figured out like we have the same like eleven thousand people that keep reoffending, and we're re- <laughs> we're rearresting the same people like. A hundred times a year, like it makes no sense. <laughs> definitely, like I, I actually, I, I currently have a warrant in New Jersey for weed, and uh, it's literally because like this is the stupidest story. But I, I was at work and I was driving um, uh, uh, Gucci Mane, and he, I guess, had a sponsorship with like T-Mobile or whatever. So he had like a T-Mobile, like some crazy phone that like I've never even seen before. And they like needed to get it fixed and stuff, so I had to drive him over the bridge, Camden, uh, over by Cherry Hill, and between Cherry Hill and Camden, where they had like the only big T-Mobile store that I could get to, like then to get his shit fixed day of show. So like I drop him off there with his guy, and I'm running over to go to home. De- I go to uh, Guitar Center to pick something up for the show, also because I'm a runner for the Franklin Music Hall at this point, and uh, I totally got pulled over. And I didn't think I had anything in my car and he found like an old bowl and he arrested me and like took, took me in and like booked me. And like my whole time I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Like I have like this huge rapper waiting for me with a security guard at T-Mobile store. And he's just like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like showing him my clipboard and like all this shit. And then he realized he's like, oh, I guess you really do. He's like, well, we'll hurry it up for you. So I'm there for like an hour and I get fully booked and then like I get back to the store and the security guard's yelling at me and I show him my paperwork. I was like, dude, I got arrested. And he was like, oh, oh, that sucks. And I was like, yeah, man. And so I got him in my car and got him back to the show and everything's cool. And my boss was like, where the fuck were you? And I was like, yo, check this out. I got arrested, showed him my paperwork. And he's like, oh, all right. So like I was fine, but. I like went, did my court thing, did all that stuff. And then like, I just stopped receiving info from New Jersey. And then eventually I started getting these warrant information and I was just like, well, it looks like I'm not driving to Jersey for a while. And that was like, that was a few years ago. So like at this point, now that it's all becoming legal there, I hopefully my shit just gets expunged at one point. So I think, yeah, well now it's, if uh, any, uh, if any officials in New Jersey are listening, just drop it. 
Come on. Yeah. Dude, Pat's busy. Was, yeah. He just got out of surgery. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a bowl. It wasn't even like I had some crazy thing in my car. Like, yeah, and it's dumb. fucking Gucci, so chill. Like, Yeah, man. The man's dying lemonade. Chill the dude, fuck out. I don't even know what him and his boys had on him when I was driving them. You know, I'm just, thank God it was just me driving at this point, you know? like, But, uh, yeah, that... That was crazy. That sucked, man. But yeah, I mean, that Anna gets pissed because now whenever Lovelorn tours or does anything down the shore, she has to drive. And I'm like, sick. Just sit back. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Pat, do you and Anna live in Texas now? We're, we're uh, living in both. Like, I'm, oh. still, I'm still working in both places. And like right now, like currently today, we are renting a property in Texas. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm working at a bar here, and I'm working at a bar in Philadelphia. So, How does that uh, work? Well, uh, I'm the booking agent at one bar, and I'm the uh, bar manager, like hiring and firing of like local people at the other bar. So uh, I'm uh, I'm just back and forth. And then honestly, at this point, because I'm in so many different bands, uh, I'm home between Philly and Austin all the time. So it's not too far off you know it's not a job where i have to show up every day type of thing but i have to be there you know every every other week every few weeks to like take care of shit yeah when you're coming back and forth are you flying or just driving uh, but either one you know i'll okay. switch it up you know like uh there's been a multiple times like some buddies have wanted to take a trip and i'm like all right great so i have like some co-pilots in the car we just do the thing like it's not you know it's no big deal but then flying is so much easier you know like but the last time i was up to wrap up vocals and mixing for the action news record. I just flew up, was there for like a week, you know, just to get it done. So, you know, I kind of just do whatever I do to make it work. How do you make the decision to move to Austin and split your time between Texas and Pennsylvania? Because I don't know, (laughs) I I barely hold it together living in one state. I can't imagine two that far apart. Uh, Boredom. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I mean, like we were in Philly for the whole beginning of the pandemic. And then like, I guess it was like June or July last year, we were just like started making plans and, you know, we were already, you know, we already, Anna and I already had discussed we could go anywhere with this band. Like we could be like home based in Philly, of course. And, but like at the same time, we wanted to go live somewhere for a few months. We, there's nothing holding us back from doing that, which is an awesome option, I think, you know? So we, uh, for a while talked about, you know, the possibility of going, uh, we talked about going to LA for a little bit just to work on stuff. But at the end of it, we ended up being in Austin and, you know, we love it here. It's real chill. Like I I lived here from back in the day. So we have a lot of old friends here. So, um, you know, it was, uh, one of those things. So in August we, we took off and moved down here and, uh, a buddy of ours who was, you know, the same, same type of deal as myself with a booking guy, all that stuff, um, was wanted to go to LA for a while. So I was like, Hey man, we'll rent your house. So we're kind of just hanging at his place and doing the thing. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's been interesting, like for sure. And I got, got to meet up with a lot of old buddies, started a, started a totally another, I have an Austin band. That's like a lot of fun. So, (laughs) you know, that's discreet, right? Yeah, yeah, discreet. It's uh, um, the the dudes from uh, that old Austin band, Total Abuse. They um, they they were old buddies, and when I got down here, the first within the first week, they were like, "You live here now? Let's you want to play drums in our new thing?" I was like, "Well, why not?" You know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. talk me talk me through firing somebody. <laughs> I want to get fired by actually Pat. Fire me. 
Oh man, well, what what did you what did you do? What's the setup I, here? I, I I'm chronically late to work. Oh, uh, well, so at this point, how how many times are you talking? You're like you're just like your uh, fifth or sixth time late uh, to I'm work. I'm talking like a, a dozen plus. Okay, and when you're late, how how late are we talking? Because like mind you, mind you, when I my security guards, if they're late for like you know, last week we had a guy who was late. He was like 30 minutes late or whatever, and I wouldn't clock. I wouldn't let him clock in until he could do 30 push-ups and. <laughs> Like it was funny, like like to watch him do like watch him do thirty pushups and be like, all right, now you can clock in. Like it's like the longer you take, man, it's cool. Like you, know, you can't clock in until we're done, you know. But uh, no, I mean, there's always different things, you know. I honestly, it's so funny dealing with kids that are like in their early twenties that want to work in a bar, and then they're like, then really quickly they're like, holy shit, working in a bar sucks. And like, <laughs> it's like a lot of work, you know, like, so uh, I've had, I've had a lot of, uh, day of call outs, not understand what's going on. And I'm just like, Hey, here's the deal. Like you're not on the schedule anymore. Um, if we need to fill in, I'll let you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't had any like major blow up, yell at anybody. Like I haven't had to do anything like that. Like no, nobody wants to see that. It's the Irish goodbye of firing. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody wants to see that. I mean, at this point, I'm sure if you suck, I've already yelled at you enough. So like, it doesn't even. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. You're set up down there pretty quick. You got the job, and you got a new band already. I've listened to Discreet. It's good stuff. How did that show go? Uh, <laughs> that show was awesome. Uh, it was with uh, Mangled State, uh, that Youth Attack band. It was their their record release show. Uh, we were we were direct support for them. And, um, yeah, I mean, three kids went to the ER during our set. It was, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, it was really crazy. Like, there, it was in a coffee shop that turns into a bar at night. And um, they uh, uh, there was a, an, an art display on the wall that was all glass. And, I mean, it was sold out. Kids went nuts. And eventually someone just smashed through it and everybody was getting cut. And by the time I got done and went outside on my crutches, I saw all these people leaving wrapped up in bar rags. I was like... Oh man, and I didn't think anything of it until the next day, and then I started getting notifications on my phone in the Facebook event, and it was like a guy in a cast and like a dude's arm chewed up with glad, and it's all like great time last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Like I was like, "Punk's back, sick." This is awesome. But <laughs> Sounds like it. Was that the first show? That I mean, they had already started doing small things around Texas, you know. Yeah. But uh, from what I know, uh, a first show with like real, real bands that tour and put out records and stuff that were like, we're gonna do our own, like, you know, DIY spot, pretty much. Like, it, you know, it was in Texas, you can mix all ages and and alcohol. It's not like a thing. You just have to x people up, and like, it's it's different, you know. So like, you know, you can do that shit in a bar. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I saw um, the footage from the show the following night in that town with um, Sex Pill and Scourge it looked completely insane. Like that was like a sea of kids just killing each other. Like it looked it looked awesome. Um, I'm looking forward. Uh, Love Lauren's playing that same venue in uh, the the end of August, so I'm pretty stoked to go back down there. Nice. Uh, well, it sounds like the a pretty thriving scene down there. How does it compare to Philly? Uh, I mean, it's, it's really similar, you know, a lot of the same, it's funny how many people go back and forth here. I mean, uh, Chris Olsh of Impalers and, uh, Power Trip and you know, Iron Age, all, all, uh, fucking Mammoth Grinder, all those bands. Chris 
is the same deal. He lives in Philly and then he's always back and forth. His bands are mainly based here, but you know, I just, I just saw him this weekend. So, I mean, it's like people, you know, it's not, it's not far off. There's a lot of people that are, that are doing it. And there's, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff, you know, a lot of the same bands, a lot of the same people that are between the two cities. It's surprising how, how closely connected they are, you know? Yeah, the Philly to Austin pipeline is real. Even when I was still living in Philly, I remember a lot of people talking about moving to Austin or visiting there and all this stuff. It's it's a it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Plus, I mean, honestly, I I love doing it as a Philly booking agent because a lot of these bands and a lot of these tours they 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 tend to start off around here or they concentrate on playing here on a big night with a big thing. So it's like, I get to see a lot of this stuff before it comes through Philly. And I'm already meeting agents and seeing people a lot sooner than, than any other, you know, people in Philly. So it actually is, it's, it's helpful for that job. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's not a bad thing, you know, but uh, it's also, you know, it, it, I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have such a solid crew at, over at Orleans that like, hold it down like kyle the owner and everybody over there is just so solid to work with so i you know i I trust them and rely on them so it's great you know like they they i know they do the same they want me to make sure there's good shows there so you know it's a good little setup so love lorne has a new record coming out right what's your damage we do we do august 6th is the uh the street release date so it's been a been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, this and we talked about this last time you, you were on. This was the record that you worked with Don Devore on, yes? Yeah, correct. Don uh Don played guitar and produced it and, you know, engineered it and worked really closely with us on the album. Uh he was he was a lot of fun. So, I mean, it was it supposed to come out a lot earlier and got sidelined by this whole COVID thing? Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to come out a year ago, and we kind of uh, COVID. Yes, COVID was happening, but it was more when uh, when more of the social injustice, uh, when everyone taking the streets, and it was happening, was when we were like, "Hey, there's bigger things going on right now than us concentrating on the release of an album." So we'd rather push it back and uh, not do that right now. Right? <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I think it would right. be a really stupid move for us to do something like that. So we just uh, we the label was really really awesome about it they're like no we totally understand so we all agreed and that's what we did so it worked out i feel yeah man just thinking back to all the things that happened over the past year it's kind of well it's not kind of crazy it's crazy just like all the protests and you know all the injustice and the virus and it feels like a lifetime compressed into a year yeah yeah i mean that that was one of the reasons why i needed to put to do action news that was like a release during that time period you know because like the love lord album's done you know i'm done doing all this stuff and at this point i'm sitting on my hands and um you know my wife and i are really active out in the streets with what was going on and you know like we we were on that hill that got gassed by the police that day on 76 and like we we were just like there was a lot of going on and i was like this i need something else out of this so i you know that was that's action news came together and that the, you know it's it uh a lot of the lyrics and everything written in that ep is just that time period in philadelphia and what was going on out there you know <laughs> so yeah. yeah let's talk about that a little bit what happened what you said you said you were on the hill that got gassed by the police yeah 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 we were we were in that march that day and 
we were down on 76 and it was, you know, myself and my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, my wife and everybody. And, uh, you know, we were right there when they, they gassed up the hill and everything, throwing everything back. And I was on the fence, tossing people over, you know, <laughs> like it, it was, oh, a, man. it was wild, like you know, but, uh, how close were you? Did you get like tear gassed? Yeah. 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 I was downwind. I was, I, I was getting downwind blasted. It was right there. You know, like we were, we were right on. Right. The the footage you see of that chunk between the two bridges right there with everyone getting nailed, we were we were right on that hill. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But hey man, you know, that's 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 what it is, you know. So I'm uh thankful that no one no one in my family was hurt, you know, but at the same time, uh, I'm also <clears throat> really glad that we were there to witness that and to take part in it cuz it's super important in Philadelphia history, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's all there on tape. Yep. yep. Along with uh, a lot of the other crazy things that have happened, like running over protesters and cars and, you know, everything else. that I saw a news article recently. The headline was, U.S. warns Cuba against violence against protesters. I was like, really? Yeah. Really? Except, <laughs> except did you notice that the picture they used is actually in Miami? Like, there's a street sign in the background and it's a Miami street corner. So it's just such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, action news, exciting new band. The album failed state is out now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the digital, digital copy of it is out. Um, we've, we've been talking to a bunch of different people about some physical releases. We did do a, uh, 50, 50 cassettes that we released, but that, uh, we sold out of them with within a few hours. So, we uh we were like all right let's just hold back from any physical stuff now and concentrate on uh just getting this out to people and letting people just know what it is you know because <laughs> uh it's so funny like because uh, you know half the band is older guys you know from from philly and the other half of the band is younger guys from philly <laughs> so it's just funny that the back and forth banter between those dudes is hilarious so especially when you name the band action news you know like like so many of them are like, oh, man, my friends fucking hate the name. And I'm like, that's because you're in your early 20s and you have no idea how awesome this name is. Like, it's going to make <laughs> like it's going to make total sense. And then, you know, the older members of the band are like, no, it's a great name. Like, it's that it's, is a great it's, name. Action News fucking <laughs> that was the thing was like, I always went into other people's houses when I was growing up and I was like, yeah. oh, you guys watch CBS? Yeah. What, the f- what the fuck are you doing? Like, Who are you? You what the fuck is put on channel six? What the fuck yeah, is your dude. problem? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, any it's regular. Jim Gardner, and, Jim, Gar- Jim Gardner, and Monica Melpass are nobody. I don't want to fucking listen to anybody else, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, that so many different cast of characters over those years. You know, like, and, tr- and trust me, every every dude I know hits me up like, yo, you should make a T-shirt of such and such, and I'm like, yeah. It's coming, man. I'm just waiting for that season to assist on the name, you know. <laughs> uh, you know that's that's when we know we made it. Like, you know, we get that season to assist. But um yeah, no, uh, uh doing doing that whole project is it's it 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 just uh it came together really quickly, <laughs> you know, like uh uh Mikey from uh he plays currently in Chemical Fix and Drows and Fixation. Um Mikey and I've been friends for years and uh, he always, we always talked about doing a band and when we were, you know, again, during that downtime and COVID when there's nothing going on, uh, him and I got together and he showed me some of his riffs and what he had. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is great. Like, how do you want to handle this? And, 
he was just like, well, I don't have a drummer and I don't have a bass player. I don't have a guitar player. And I was like, well, I can make one phone call and get a sick drummer and second guitar player. And I did, I called Jordan Burke and Jeff Barrow, you know, played in thousand bands together over the years. And those guys are great. So it just took one call to be like, Oh yeah, we'll do that. So it was like, all right, what's up with bass? And it just happens that Mikey's really close friend from high school um, was Aaron heard from Jesus peace. So Aaron, got a call and he was in so it was really easy to put together the, the project you know like didn't didn't take much but uh it's it's mainly it's mainly mikey's mikey's baby you know he's he's a an incredible guitar player so it's really cool to play with him nice yeah i love the music and uh, have you guys played any gigs yet we have not played a show yet <laughs> which i think is awesome but uh because <laughs> we, we you know we've had plenty of offers and um we we are planning on playing our first show but it's also, you know, we're we're weighing the schedule of so many projects right now. Like, I mean, you know, even even just Mikey alone, his his three bands are all one at a time dropping records right now and out touring and you know, it, it just it keeps happening and then same thing with Aaron with Jesus Peace and nothing. They're just so busy as well. And 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 then myself between Lovelorn and Discreet and you know, and like Jeff Jeff and, and Jeff and uh I mean honestly Jeff and Jordan, they also are in what three bands each? World Below, they're on Sunburst, they're in Sunburster. Uh, I'm trying to remember. They have, you know, everybody's just got a lot of shit going on. But uh, uh, it's it, there's something in the works right now. We already have stuff getting planned. You know, like we are we are planning on playing shows. We are planning on touring and stuff like that. So it's just uh, it's just how we handle it. You know, we're trying to uh, trying to calculate it, but um, it'll happen. So. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's got a lot of different things going on. Yeah, I mean, also this is hardcore. I want I want kids to know the lyrics before we play our first show. It looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you but, know. Uh, and as an almost forty year old, I got to say, I love the name Action News. I think it's great. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know, one thing, one startling fact I didn't know that Action News theme song is not like it's not a Philadelphia original thing. I think it's kind of a trademarked thing that has been used in other news network areas. So it was actually recorded in Philadelphia in the Action News studios. They built a recording studio in the studio to track the song. And there's like a placard there because my mom worked at Action News when I was a kid in the payroll department. And I uh, I got to go in there. She only was only there for a couple of years. And like I got to go in there before and checked it out. And I thought it was so wild that they just had – a recording studio just sitting there like abandoned in the building that just doesn't get used. I was like, that's so fucked up. And I was like, that's such a waste of like government money. (laughs) (laughs) But Hey man, you know, it was like the sixties, I guess they needed to spend it on something, you know? Yeah. So the, so the theme song actually did originate in Philadelphia. Yeah. But I think that they, the, the, the theme song, not only the theme song, but the idea of action news was like, you know, it's it's the same as the idea of like a family sitcom. Like they sold it to other news stations in other cities. You know, like I was just gonna say when I was up in Wilkesbury, the news that was up there was WNEP out of Scranton, mm-hmm. and they fucking use it there. Because I remember yeah. turning on the TV one night and they were like, "Move closer to your world, my friends," and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is that? Is it?" Yeah. Actually- yeah, they just they license it out to all the all the different yeah. places. You know, and it's funny doing research on action news itself for like artwork purposes. Like I find the the action news from Detroit has the funniest 
like ads and stuff. So I, I actually been shopping a lot of them up. <laughs> like, so, little, little facts, you know, it's not just Philly, but yeah, I mean, any, any like major metropolitan area had some type of action. news. you know what I mean? So that's why I feel like it resonates with not just here, but other places. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, we didn't want a tough name. <laughs> you know, like, yeah that's been done want, yeah i didn't want that i didn't you know so this uh this kind of just popped for with us and you know it was cool so no cease and desist yet i mean not yet i don't think we're any we're not close enough yet we got we got one um our twitter account got locked like i went i logged into our twitter and it said your account has been locked for some copyright violation and they're like, click continue to acknowledge this and get your account back. And then I did. And then they're like, okay, now you've been warned. I have no idea what it was about. What's going on with Love, Lauren? We've got the record coming out, right? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're very excited about that. Yeah, we uh, we have an East Coast tour booked for August and September. Well, August, we're doing dates throughout Texas. And then uh, into September, we're going to be on the East Coast. So we... Uh, we have a run going all the way up to Boston and back down, so I'm pretty stoked to get back out on the road. Nice. Yeah, I mean, no touring has happened in, what, the past 16 or 18 months or something? Let's put it this way. When when, when the world ended on uh, March 13th or 14th, whatever it was, that <laughs> then Love Woman was on tour, and we were – well, I had been on tour for a month and a half at that point because Plaque Marks was out, and Love Lauren went right back out as soon as we got back from Plaque Marks tour. And uh, I was standing in New Orleans in the French Quarter on a Saturday night, and it was like a ghost land, like a ghost town. And I, that's when I was like, "Oh, like the world is fucked right now. Like this is crazy. Even New Orleans is dead." And that's when we uh, we uh, found out we had to end and drive back. So it was it was pretty pretty shitty way to end that. But um, the following night, we were supposed to play Houston. So it's really cool. Our Love Lauren's first show back is in Houston on August 20th. So we're picking right back up where we left off kind of. So oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was great how that like worked out, you know. It was a crazy realization that the world was actually shutting down because I don't know, I didn't really understand the situation at first. Like cuz I was like, "Oh, you, we always hear about these things, SARS, bird flu, whatever else." I was like, it's just going to be another one of those. And people were like, no, man, this is like different. And I was like, no, man, it's not. And then when they shut down New York City, I was like, oh, okay. This has never happened before. I I realize what's going on now. Yeah, that's I, I'm kind of with you. That was that was a big shocker. And honestly, even on, you know, just my emails alone with, with other agencies and stuff for my job, I just was watching things that I would never think would be canceled or even close to being canceled dropping left and right and i was like okay all right i guess this is it now we're sitting back so <laughs> you know. yeah and we had someone on an early episode of the podcast and he was like this was in march of 2020 and he's like yeah it's looking like next february that maybe things will open back up and i remember talking to tommy and being like yeah right it's not going to yeah. take that long. It turns out it was like another half a year after that. Yeah. <laughs> we, totally. we were off by like eight months. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's wild. It's totally it, wild. It really is. So how did you make do during the whole thing? Like, how did you survive? How did you make money? How did you keep your mind sharp and stay active and all that stuff? What'd you do? <laughs> um, well, you know, I 
I was, uh, we were still busy with Lovelorn stuff. And then after a little bit, Anna and I, you know, we were doing all right. We pulled out pretty much anything and everything that Creepoid had in our house, like old merch wise and shit and started getting rid of that left and right. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, we, uh, we, we were able to sign up for a bunch of different artist programs and, you know, we were just, you know, weighing our options on things. And, you know, they, 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 there was a music Academy had, had a, had a grant. There's a bunch of different grants that we were able to go with. And then, um, uh, honestly, that was when we were talking about possibly moving. And one of the perks of being in Austin was having the ability to have healthcare, you know, with everything. Um, but yeah, I know that and that, and, and at the same time, you know, I was still living in Philly then. So, uh, I was still selling weed and mushrooms like lots and you know now that now that i'm in texas it, you know don't i don't do that so it's chill but like yeah i was doing that hard for a minute because like you know i had a small circle of people and every one of them likes to party so why not be like all right this is my job for a little while you know like uh it worked i mean it's not like i left fishtown honestly and selling weed and mushrooms you're not gonna get too much craziness like if you were selling dope and coke Exactly. Yeah. You know, at least you'd think that. You would think though, like the, with the weight. Like, I mean, here's the thing: like to, to make a decent amount of money, you had to move a little bit of weight. Like that gets a little scary when you get up that when you get up that scale of like, hey, I need to buy a couple pounds. Like the people that are moving pounds are usually not cool. <laughs> like, they're usually they're usually hooked in with something else that's really not fun. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Pat, did you have any weird experiences during your time? with these transactions did you have to like rough anybody up or anything like that i mean yeah shit always went down but like it's fine you know like everything was cool nothing was too bad like <clears throat> nobody really wants to get too crazy but i've definitely had to like cut people off and i've definitely had to like you know shut down a few things but it, it's all good like you know um <clears throat> everybody's gotta get high somehow you know did you get to do any of those cool moves where you, you show up at the door and you're like where's my money <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you ever do that? And then the person's like, I'm sorry, here it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, they usually would say that after that. Because, like, you know, you need, to, you need to take care of it. But I try to avoid stuff like that. Again, these people are all like my friends, you know, yeah. like yeah. Try to keep it small, you know. Because, uh, yeah. you know, like that people are less likely to dodge you if you're in that small circle. Like they're going to be like, fuck, I got to see this kid. I'm going to go to the bar. Like I'm going to go see this show or I play in a, per like, you know, somebody in my band is really good friends with this person. It's like, fuck. All right. I, I, and we're I, talking I, like, <clears throat> we're talking the city is shut down at this point. So it's not, it's not even like running into people. It's more like, you know, hanging out at a certain bar that we have keys to, and there's a very small circle of people that go to this bar nightly and hang out. So it's not like that, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's even smaller than that. It's more like, it's, it's almost like a family thing, you know, like, and you, you know, you just are the guy that I happen to be the guy that could, you know, find the cheapest in the bulk and be able to be like, all right, I'll take care of it for everybody, you know? So it, 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 it sucked. I felt like a fucking teenager again, but I had to do it at the time, you know? So it's cool to not, be in that position anymore <laughs> that's awesome when you shifted from uh creepoid to lovelorn did you have any reservations like moving from a full band experience to just the two-person thing oh no i was very excited to do it 
I wanted to, I wanted to switch over. Like I had already been working a lot with different electronics and different things to, you know, weave in and out and almost a hybrid thing, you know, like, I mean, in, in all realness, one of my biggest influences on the, like the, the ending of Creepoid in the beginning of Love Lauren was I was really in love with Sparkle Horse and I, and I loved how he used like different ways to make his textured sounds via either the percussion or with electronics or even just noise in general. And uh, a lot of the things he did in production, like, you know, bringing on guests uh, on for his final album with everyone from like Tom Waits to like tricky, you know what I mean? It was like, like it was a super influential record for me. And like, you know, it's a, also his, his shit is fucking painful, man. Like, you know, like it, when you go through it and um, it, uh, when I started working on Love Lorne material, you know, that was what made me first start bringing in like, you know, a drum machine and first start working with a sampler and things like that, you know. So um, at the end of it all uh, with Love Lorne, it was it was a welcoming thing. And Anna and I, you know, we've been married for 13 years and we were in bands for a lot of those years together and we we like love working together love touring together and hanging out all the time you know our, our our last like our last live performance that we did for a live stream we actually had a live drummer and guitar player with us so it's nice to like i can bring on whoever i want you know <laughs> yeah and that that sounds like the best situation because i don't know personally a lot of times playing in bands can just be a pain in the ass whether it's you're disagreeing with somebody or you can't get everybody on the same schedule. But, you know, if you're in a band with your wife who you love being around and you guys are writing everything and controlling everything and, you know, you can pick who you want to play with, that honestly sounds like the best situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. Like, uh, you know, especially touring, right, like with us, it's like it's like a merch person us in a minivan it's really chill like it's yeah. not like a big thing you know and like uh even with that you know we have a lot of friends so it it's awesome to be able to be like hey come over to my house i want to have you track this part like are you cool with that and even even on our album um uh gene who who played in plaque marks and is currently in this band vinca's he he played lead guitar on the one song and it was literally me and him texting back and forth and I sent him the song and he tracked one track and sent it to me. And then I spliced it up with a sampler and changed it and did different things and wrote a whole part of a, a song out of that over like a five second interaction and him be able to do that. So it's been really cool like to work on that because, you know, when you're in a, a full band, I'd have to run that idea by three other people and talk about it and then, you know, go through this whole thing. But like, if I'm on something, I can just go with it, you know, and the only person I really have to run it through is with Anna. So it's, it's pretty nice. That is nice. So how did you learn all the, uh, the sampler and drum machine stuff? I think that's something I want to get into, you know, some like ambient synth lo-fi type stuff. I used to do a lot of noise sets back in the early 2000s with uh, 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 Newton from Breath Mint Records and, and uh, uh, Container. He's like a current DJ. But, you know, back in, back in the day, my old roommates ran a noise label and they would go out and do these trips. And, you know, me not having a job back then and being a young kid, I, I would always go with them. And they would be like, here, I want you to play this Casio with this pedal. And I was like, okay, sick. And I would perform with them for the weekend and just improv. And I, I just always enjoyed that and never really let go of that. And, uh, 
even, you know, with Creepoid, a lot of our songs had open-ended parts where we could just, we would just jam the whole time. And like, we always knew where we were going based on the jam. So it wasn't too far off for me to, to mess with electronics. And um, I, I honestly, I, I've, I've played, you know, a thousand different keyboards over the years and all that stuff. And I've recorded all my shitty bands on four tracks. So it's like, you know, mixing and doing things like that, you know, made sense to me. But um, it wasn't until uh, I started working with Don DeVore before I really found how how reliable and important the uh, uh, SP404 is. And, and how, and how, sorry, that's my, that's my dog, Whiskey, in the background. But I mean, it wasn't until I worked with Don on, on that until I realized how important that piece of machinery can be and what I can do with it. And uh, once once that came into the process, it was, it was you know completely different for me. Yeah. Pat, what's your involvement with uh, Bad Kid Zine? Uh, I, I that's that's my zine. <laughs> it is. It's you. Okay, that's what yeah. I was saying with Keith in the beginning of this, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta ask Pat," because like, uh, like when I look at the people that I follow that like do graph stuff, I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, I, I think Pat is somehow in this, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, that was another pandemic thing. I, uh, you know, I a lot of time on my hands. So, <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I got into photography again and started going out and following artists and, you know, different, different people and just friends of friends and whatnot and was able to shoot some really cool stuff. And, you know, I started putting together these little zines. I'm on my fifth issue right now and they've been a lot of fun to put together. And, you know, it's like, I try to change it up, you know, like the, first issue is a lot of Philly stuff, but the second issue is a, I followed one particular artist from Austin, like for an entire month and just shot him the whole time. And that was really cool. And then, um, you know, I just, I change it up. I try to keep the format different. Um, I, you know, it's, it's really split between, uh, Texas and the East coast. Like I, I love, you know, just mixing it up and it's, it's been really cool to, to connect artists from those areas that wouldn't normally know each other. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. I, uh, I definitely, you know, I've always loved graffiti. So like it's, it's, uh, it's something that touring, I, I was able to go to places and read things and tell people things that I don't think they really got, <laughs> you know? So it, it's been a good tool over the years. And, uh, uh, putting it down on paper felt really good because I, you know, I <clears throat> hadn't made a zine in 20 years, you know. So it was just like, wow, fuck it, I'll go for it. There's nothing else going on. The world's paused, you know. Yeah. Who who's writing right now that you really like? In Texas, I really love the Half Dead crew. Like a lot of those writers down here are incredible. Like Corpser and Trophy, and there's just uh, you know, there's so many of them. But they, their style is is very, <clears throat> it's very much like what I grew up with in, in the early two thousands on like the East coast, you know? And, uh, it's funny. A lot of their, a lot of their, their fills and stuff, like just totally remind me of like old hothead fills and old agua fills and stuff <laughs> like the, the, the bubbles, you know, but, uh, you know, th- I really love, um, you know, the stuff that I see right now in Philly, like I, I love havoc and, uh, you know, ruin incredible, um, you know, Tober, is a king right now you know that there's a lot of a lot of the younger dudes but it's also hard to say that because there's so many older dudes that are still out and still getting up you know there's a dude um dune that i see around philly a lot now d-u-n-e uh 
duneman215 on Instagram. Fucking destroying. Like, really cool, interesting shit. And then, like, everything from, like, just, like, straight tagging to, like, really cool throw-up stuff. Like, really cool, like, like he doesn't really do that wild style kind of thing, but like he does like these really interesting, like geometric kind of things where he just throws a bunch of patterns together. But when you look at it from a distance, it actually spells out Dune fucking real cool. Real I, love, cool I love that stuff. I love when people like use like pillars to their advantage and like, yes. you know, yeah. Letter out the pillars and stuff like that. It's always really cool. Uh, uh, being, being in Texas train trains are a huge thing here. So it's oh, been, yeah. uh, it's been nice like getting into that world down here. You know, it's a lot different, you know, back home, obviously trains are important, but like, you know, you can, you can live your life just walking around on the streets doing it. Like here, it's like, you know, certain towns you're like, Oh, there's nothing here. But then you get to the tracks. You're like, Holy shit. All right. This is totally different. <laughs> and there's 250 freight liners put together. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff here. All right. Like, you know, but, uh, uh, it, you know, it's been interesting for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I've also seen some, some really crazy shit. Like, like just recently, um, yes, I had knee surgery, but it doesn't mean I don't try to still get shots and whatnot. So like, uh, I was driving a guy the other night and, uh, he was, he was on the roof of an abandoned building and I was just chilling in my car, you know, waiting for him to do his thing. And I watched the, uh, the roof of the building collapse and he dropped to the ceiling and, um, we were able to get him out of the building, but I had to take him to the emergency room and he actually broke his back and, uh, uh, he's, he's walking and stuff right now. He's in a big brace and he's already out of the hospital, but, uh, didn't see that one coming. That was, uh, I was just like, Oh, well, it's, you know, part of the trade, I guess. Like yeah. it just was like, Jesus. it was just crazy, man. Like I, it's like end of the night type shit, you know, like 4am I'm ready to just drop homie off and, <laughs> next thing you know he comes out of the building with no shoes on and blood coming out of his ears you know so it, yeah it was it was insane but uh he's very lucky and he's safe and that's cool but like you know uh, you know it's dangerous stuff <laughs> yeah there's a uh there's a writer he skates a lot his name's chris haven i think he's in texas um he's part of that uh that secret squadron and it's like he has this very distinctive like triangular shape that he uses and every time he posts something i'm like wow that's fucking cool and i i found him like i don't know probably three or four years ago just randomly um you know that dude el toro like that does all the stick he was like friends with him so i was like oh he's friends with him guy wasn't private let me just follow him um I look back, he went from like, I think he had, when I started following him, I think he had, you know, 2,500 people following him. He now has like 30,000 people following. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, this stuff just blows up. Like people like latch on to like a, like an aesthetic. And they're just like, it. people just go crazy with it. Because if the right people know your style, you're in. Like it's just, it just spreads like wildfire. It's unbelievable. There's, there's an artist in uh, Houston who I've always loved. And back years ago when I lived here, we, we'd done stuff together and he goes by give up and um, his, his stuff, everything from silkscreen posters to wheat pasting entire billboards, like, you know, just wild stuff, like what he's capable of. And like, he's still current. He's always current and he's been current. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's really cool to like be around dudes that, you know, continue to do that. And it, it's not just about, 
graffiti with them. It's other things. I mean, like the guy actually crushes it as a stick and poke tattoo artist. You yeah, know, it's just it's yeah. just expression. Like they just they have art in them, and they just this is one of the ways they get it out. Exactly. You know, it's, it's uh, that's why I started documenting it more. Like I I love that, and there's a lot of a lot of artists I like that I don't think you know, can even document anything they're doing because of how it's being done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. So, uh, so let's recap. Uh, we've got the new Love Lorne record, What's Your Damage, coming out. Digital release, August 6th. And records are shipping out sometime around August 16th. Yeah. Yes, and we're all going to go listen to it. We're going to listen to it. We're going to buy it. And we're going to catch you guys out on tour yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a whole new thing. But I think that anybody that was down with Creepoid might might get into this. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different, but I think it's still uh, the same live energy that we were putting out there with that band. You know, exactly. I still get the same vibe. I like the singles I've heard so far, so I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, and also you never know who's going to come out and play with us that night. So that's part of the mystery of it. You know. Oh yeah, I want to catch a. Don DeVore live guest appearance. Yeah. I mean, hey, you never know. Like <laughs> our our last live set we had Jason Reese from uh and you'll know us by the Trail of Dead uh on drums and we had um Andrew Cashin of a giant dog on guitar. So like we we're always changing it up, you know. <laughs> nice. And we've got the we've got the action news full length failed state. It's out now. Yeah, out now. We're uh, uh, digital out, and then uh, look forward to uh, seeing us play some shows, hopefully uh, before the fall. Right. And we've got Discreet. What is? What do you have out? I forget. Is it just a single or a full uh, Discreet 7-inch is going to be out within a couple weeks. Uh, uh, it's, it's at the plant right now. So right now, there's just a single up on Bandcamp. But um, we just got done tracking a full-length album, so we'll... Uh, We'll see when that gets hits hits anywhere, but you know we're 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 up on material and that band. You know we're already playing and booked and all that stuff. So keep an eye out throughout the uh, U.S. for discreet. Nice. And we've got your zine on Instagram. What's the ad again? Yeah, uh, Bad Kid Zine is the is the name. And um, yeah, yeah, Subculture Lifestyle Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm really looking forward to just playing some live shows. That's that's really the concern right now, you know? Yes. Um, playing live shows and starting to work on the follow-up record with Love, Lauren. Pat, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and we love having you on the show, and uh, we just want to say thank you for giving us your time. Hey, uh, thanks a lot for having me, and um, um, I really appreciate you uh, doing what you guys are doing. There you have it, folks. Pat Troxel. Always good to hear from him. He's a busy man. He's like, I didn't even know he was living in, uh, where is it, Austin now? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know he's living in Austin. He's in three bands. Three. It's a lot of work, dude. <laughs> I like that, though. That's, yeah. He's right down to Texas. Boom. In another band. Driving back and forth to Philly. Doing his thing. It's all happening. I like the fact that Pat just went, I really like this type of music and went and said, I'm going to learn how to do this. Yeah. It's kind of like you with podcasting. Yeah. 
like you dug it and you were like, all right, well, I want to do this. So I'm just going to figure out how to do it. All I did was call up Colin and I said, what do you do? <laughs> and then he told me and then uh, I did it. Folks, I'm referencing our friend Colin Frangicetto, also a Northeast Scene guest. Check out his podcast, The Cosmic Nod. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now he wants to know how I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you. We're going to sit here for 14 minutes and 30 seconds in silence. Well, I got that kind of time, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, real quick before I say that, I was thinking about it when Pat said during the pandemic they were hanging out at an undisclosed bar, you know, and everything was closed down, but they had the keys to the bar and yeah. everyone's just hanging out. That sounds like my dream scenario. Like, world is ending. There's nothing to do. Let's hang out somewhere we're not supposed to be hanging out and just get fucked up. I would sleep there. I would sleep at the bar. I would never leave. It's like Barney said, if you didn't close, I would never leave. (laughs) I mean, that sounds awesome. It does kind of sound pretty rad. As long as they had like a pool table and a pinball machine or something. Oh my God, a pinball machine. Oh, you could bring like a video game console. I'm so glad you said that. I forgot to pack my Raspberry Pi. Yes. If there's one thing I remember... It will always be video games. And uh, listen, let's talk about how I'm doing. I'm fine. You know, it's, it was just kind of an up and down week, but uh, I'm kind of I'm tired of just being like pissed off all the time. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to get over it because I all too often don't appreciate what I have. And I'm always sizing up other things or saying like, why did this person do this? Or why isn't this happening? Or that kind of thing. So I'm making a focused effort to try to not be so negative and do so many mental gymnastics over things that don't matter and just kind of focus on my life and my day-to-day and what I'm doing. And I think it's going pretty well so far. Uh, I'm going to be in San Jose next week for work. So, And I, I actually don't mind because I like this client. And I don't know, man. I just need to get out. I need a, I need a change and it'll be nice to sleep in a hotel not below the loudest guy in the world uh, so that I'll actually be able to sleep because now uh, the guy who lives above me is back in the office so I get woken up with a fury of sound oh lord every morning at 6 a.m. it's like it's like the Broadway show stomp (laughs) happens above my apartment (laughs) all morning from 6 a.m. till 7 when he leaves and then often uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock at night, sometimes he's out late and comes back in, and it, there's no soundproofing. But uh, you know how your basement is? Yeah. Like, you know how you hear everything, like you hear the kids running, you hear oh, yeah. you hear everything that's going on, because it's just a basement in your house. Yeah, it's a, 100%. Like, I'm I'm listening to people walk right now. Yeah, that that's what my apartment is like. Imagine that your basement was your apartment, and you didn't know your family. Like, they were just people that were upstairs. You'd go nuts, right? Uh, yes and no, but yeah, no, just, I Just would. say I yes would, for yes. the sake of my story. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Tommy's going to give me a discourse you now. Take like, the side. Take the side of the people that I don't know. Like, but anyway, like, I'm getting out of here soon enough, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm only searching top floor apartments. No more fucking around. 
Yeah, but what if they have like a rooftop deck thing and then like you just have just a a shit ton of drunk people being like, I love this thing. And all they won't. I'm going to do some intensive research to make sure I find the best place, which I hope I do. And uh, I don't know. Besides all that, everything's okay. And you know what I'm trying to do? What do you got? I'm trying to the the Nintendo game Blaster Master. I'm oh, training yeah. so that I can just turn it on and beat it in one playthrough without saving. Wow. It's really hard. I watched a Summoning Salt video the other day of the non-warped Mario play... Or, I'm sorry, the warped Mario playthrough. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm close. What I'm saying <laughs> is I can, get to, I can get to level 8 fast as shit. Like... yeah. 319 321 like i'm I'm going really fast well let's level. get you a webcam set up get you some splits and uh, we'll start you as a twitch streamer come no, on let's do it no i can't no because i want to do, do that eventually i want to do a cross-platform northeast scene twitch where i speed run games and then like i can talk about the podcast can i can i tell you what i really hope for that what's that you become famous because of that and then somebody's like hey remember that dude tommy that hangs out with that guy (laughs) (laughs) it's such a fun thing to do is like really run through a game yeah problem is is now i've been watching that summoning salt and people like the what they call the task runs the tool assisted runs yeah i don't know where my like raspberry pi stands in that like what my frame rate is yeah they have uh there's rule sets. If you go on speedrun.com, there's rule sets for each game, and they tell you what emulators you can use and can't use. and all. It's all out there. And, and folks, I realize this is deep, deep nerd territory, uh, deep fringe nerd territory, but uh, I like it. I don't know. It's something I want to get into eventually. So uh, it, once I get like a, a good gaming PC and a webcam and figure out how to do all that stuff, I think, I think I'm going to do it. Why not? I, I think you should. Like, it's... It- clearly it's fun it's really it's and it, honestly it's a great way to pass time <laughs> i'm doing it anyway yeah exactly i may as well like make something out of it so i'm doing okay you're doing okay in general right tommy you're probably excited everything's good you're going to the shore oh yeah no it's gonna be great yeah and it's you know i think it's it's been an emotional couple weeks on the show there was uh the conversation about your dad and then there was some conversations about your neighbor who sadly passed. I don't think we talked about that on the air, but... They buried him today. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize he was that close to the end, but we lost him. And then there was the video game music segment where we both cried. And uh, so it's been an emotional couple weeks on the show, but we're okay. We're pressing forward and we're only bringing you joy now. Not promised, but like, you know... (laughs) We're going to try. We're going to make an attempt at it. Like, I'll try not to cry next week. I mean, if, if that's what you want to hear. Isn't it funny that we both cried on the show, like, within a week of each other? No. It, that's funny. <laughs> it is funny, but it's... I, I didn't I, expect it. I thought I was going to be fine playing that song and reading that thing, but then I wasn't. How did you think that was going to be okay? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Look, I... I it was a good segment we had to do it oh for sure like a hundred but i i read things on the internet where i'm like oh no like especially when i like 
we have we're running out of time, but like I know I'm looking at the time, which is making Keith very happy. Oh, I love that. I, I, I <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like we mentioned this while we were off air, and what I did was I brought up the screen and I kind of like zoomed in real big on the time we're using. So yes, <laughs> we have we have some time left, but um, I consistently think about uh, like how much we love video games when we were kids, but people have made like a real they've made a living out of playing video games. Um, some people accidentally, some people on purpose, but what I keep going back to is that, do you know that guy, um, on YouTube that was really, he was famous for a while, that angry video game nerd. Yeah. I don't like him. And I don't either. I don't, I, I wish that I did, but I can't handle like the intensity like that. And I, I I don't like the humor and I don't like all the angry shtick. I need things to be chill. I think my thing is, is like, it's the old, like Catholic school thing in me. like his like overt, like, I'm just going to swear a ton. I'm like, yeah. And it's not funny. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I get it. But like, I, like, I understand why he's doing it. But at the same time, it's like, I, it, the ultra, like the frustration of like being in a game and just failing over and over again is very it, it it makes you like so angry you don't know what to do. However, the like, oh, I'm just gonna swear a ton. It's like, okay, yeah, like just yelling fuck isn't clever. There are channels I watch where you know people will like skewer the game and do it in a clever way. And I think Angry Video Game Nerd is back. Like I think he has a new thing that's better. You okay, know what good, I mean? It's not like those. Yeah, I don't. I th- think it's like I. I watched one and I was like, "Oh, this is better." So, I d- I do remember watching one not recently, but like in the last like five or six years, where he did real movie locations and he did Rocky, and he like went to Kensington and like found the apartment, and it was like, yeah, this place doesn't kind of exist anymore. Like, there's like no like it's like a. It's like, you know, like a regular row home, but there's like, you know, like the, the, the stair walk up, like there's no stair walk up anymore. <laughs> like It's like, how would anyone access that door? It's like, uh, okay, well I get it. Like, but at the same time, it's like, I always watch those YouTube videos where guys walk through Kensington and, and film it. Do you really? Yeah. I get mad at those. Why? <sighs> Cause half those Is it guys the whole go- like, uh, urban tourism thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not cool. I would never do it. Like I would never personally go do it. But since the videos out there, you know, it's it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a like salacious. A yeah, it's like a salacious look into my past. You know what I mean? Because I used to go down there a lot. I I just think like I get mad because like in my head I'm going like, all right, you're watching humanity suffer. Like do something. Like and and not like the corny like. Uh, you know, like the, the lance crackers and the water and shit like that. Like, did they do like legitimately try to help somebody? And I watched that A uh, and E did that thing about, and we're at 14 minutes, so I'm gonna wrap this up. A and E did that whole thing about the uh, heroin triangle in Kensington, and I watched. Really? Uh, oh yeah, they they did a real like uh, a, a decent job of talking about what the situation was and who it affects. And, and now it's, it's no longer really like a, uh, you know, this isn't a Kensington problem or a, 
North Philly problem. Like it, this is a, it's, you know, the, the whole area within 50 miles is kind of like fucked. But the one thing they did do really well was they profiled these people in a way that kind of showed them and humanized them. And the problem is, is that when I watch those YouTube videos is like, Hey, look at this guy doing this and look at this guy punching the street sign and look at this guy nodded out like over a fire hydrant. It's like, that's someone's brother, sister, uncle, aunt, mother, father. Like it's, it's fucked up. Like I, I I really, I don't get it. Like if you really want to do something, help those people. Yeah. I don't think it's cool to go down there and film people and post it. You know what I mean? Because that used to be me. Like, if, if a video popped up of me down there, like, doing something, and I had a normal job, you know what I mean? People might have normal jobs, everyone might not know, and I don't think it's cool to blow up anybody's spot like that. And I, I agree with you, like, just help people. If you're going to do anything, just help people in whatever little way you can. Yeah, but I, I honestly don't think, like, when I watched it, I went, like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Like, the one girl was from, like, uh, like the, the one girl's from, like, from Franklin Mills. Like, she's from, like, North, North, Northeast. Like, she's, like, from really, like, Ben Salem area, basically. And, you know, she ended her, you know, she ended up down there. And it's, like, it's hard because you watch the family go through this whole thing. And then when they start tracing the family thing, it's, like, you know, this person problem has a problem with addiction or this person has an issue with this. And there's some serious shit going on. And I think the biggest thing that we ignore is that like the vast majority of the people that are down there have serious mental health issues and they're unaddressed. And that's why they're there. Like they're not there because they want to get fucked up. They're there because they, they want to forget like whatever happened or whatever's going on in their life. That's, honestly unbearable so it's it's really unfortunate that when i see videos like that i i I, like you keith i click on them like i watch them because they're salacious and they're interesting and you're like holy fuck i can't believe that's someone's life and it makes you appreciate your life but at the same time that is someone that's someone's mom dad uncle sister brother cousin friend and uh it kind of breaks your heart And, and at the same time I just wish that everybody that listens to this, if they have anything that they're going through or anything they really have an issue with, please reach out. Talk to To Tommy directly. Don't. His phone number is two. (laughs) No. Listen, I'm making a joke, but you're, you're saying some good things here. But, but we're just about out of time. Yeah. No, we're at, we're at 18 minutes, Keith. So we've managed to end the show on a serious note once again. Sorry. And that's okay. Look, I'm not going to I'm going to go where the show takes me, you know? I'm not going to dictate the vibe of the show. I live by the vibe and I die by the vibe. What do you think of that? I actually like that. I Yeah. I agree with it. Ride the wave. Let's go. Let's go. Well, listen, Tommy Enjoy the shore. Enjoy your week off from the show. I will not contact you at all. Oh, unless... you will. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> of course we will. This is do what you ever we do. get annoyed? Like, do you ever get annoyed when I text you late about... Like, I don't no. ask for anything. I, I, just like, I just like to, like, keep you in the, in the loop. Do you ever get annoyed? No. Oh, good. Okay. Because sometimes I text Tommy at, like, midnight, and I'm like, I did this, or this is happening, and so I wonder if you ever get annoyed. 
No, because when I wake up at 6.30, I, I look at it and go, oh, good. Keith's around. Cool. Let's see yeah. what he has to say. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just psyched on it. Like, I, I, I don't get upset about stuff like that because, honestly, like, I know my schedule isn't your schedule, which isn't anybody else's schedule. Like, we just, we work when we work, and honestly, we, we make it work. Yeah, man, I hope I stay on this work schedule forever. I love it. I mean, I can pretty much make my own schedule. I just have to make sure everything gets done. I love it. Yeah. It's great. I wish it was like that for me. (laughs) Yeah, you're on a rigid school schedule, so you got to do what you got to do. All right, but I don't want to get us into a whole thing now because we got to end the show. We got to get Tommy out of here, and we got to get me out of here. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and... Until next time.